I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. What's up? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. I'm sitting opposite Sarah. How are you? I am so well. Thank you, Tully. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What has been happening in your life? Um, it's December. Oh, do you know what, actually? What? Oh, I got to see my mum for the first oh time in God. 10 months. Yes, because the borders have opened. Yes. That's so exciting. So- and that was really beautiful. So the whole family was reunited Jeez. and there was nothing better than that, to be honest. That's so exciting. I feel like anyone else who got to see their family who haven't seen them in a very long time, WA, just open up their borders to New South Wales and Victoria. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there'll be some happy faces this Christmas, which we love. How are you? What's good? Any more dates? <laughs> <laughs> I is good. <laughs> no, I am very good, thank you. No more dates to report. Um, but I'm good. I'm just really excited to have a little bit of a break. We'll be having a break on the podcast too over um, January. And I'm excited to have a little bit of a break. I feel like this year has been very draining mentally and challenging. So, But we will do a little wrap up uh, in the next week's episode of 2020. We will. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. But on today's episode, who do we have? Oh, my Lord. We had such a special guest today. Her name is Jennifer Rassiopi. Yes, and we did a Zoom. So we haven't done a Zoom for a minute because obviously things have opened up. And she is based in New York and she is an astrologer, uh, an author. Yes. Yes. So basically we wanted to jump on Zoom because this was an opportunity we couldn't pass up. She's one of the leading astrologers. Yeah, she is an astrologer for Well and Good, good. which if no one is aware of Well and Good, it's an amazing online publication. Mm -hmm. I would say Health and Wellness. Yeah, publication. Um, Tally Lou has actually been in Well and Good before. So they're probably maybe like number one health and wellness you know, platform, platform in, in America. World. Yeah, or in the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So she's very experienced and we basically wanted to sit down and talk to her about 2021 yep. and just about star signs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, Oh, no, sorry, go. So we covered 2020, basically, yes. was it written in the stars? And basically she said yes. But let's not give, give that away. <laughs> yeah. But it was a really good conversation and I actually learned a lot. I find astrology very – and it's actually quite scientific, which she'll go through. Mm. I find astrology very confusing in a way. Um, there's so much more to it. And as she said, there's a lot of rules to astrology. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And stay around to the end because she actually gives a little bit of an insight for what's up for your star sign for 2021. which we all want to know. So, yep. guys, don't fast forward. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> listen. It's a good one. But don't forget to like, subscribe and pass this on to all your friends and we hope you enjoy this episode. Happy Wednesday, guys. Ciao. Welcome, Jen. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. 
Hello. Thank you for having me. We are super excited to have you. So you're over in New York, New York, and we're obviously in Melbourne. So thank you so much for coming on. I know the time difference is a bit silly, but we're very excited to have you on. Okay. I've, been, I've been following you for a while now. I have to say probably in lockdown, I got a, a little bit into more astrology, downloaded the apps, reminders were popping up. So I've been watching you. I get your EDMs, your emails. So this is like a real thrill for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah is a massive fan. I um, was looking at, uh, I was looking you up and signed up to your email and I find you more relatable than a lot of other astrologers. I just sometimes find it so woo-woo and I can't understand it. So um, I've enjoyed reading about you and reading up. It's been good. Oh, well, thank you guys so much. And <laughs> it's a thrill to be with you. It's an honor to be on your podcast. And I'm always down for talking about astrology. Yes. So let's get started. So what is your background? What do you do? I know we've said you're an astrologist, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> well, I'm an author. I have a book coming out. Yes, I saw that. Health. I spent the last three years um, conceptualizing that book and writing it. And that book is an intersection of astrology, positive psychology, and integrated Mm -hmm. wellness. And I wrote the book because, well, for many reasons, Um, but as a, from a professional standpoint, I had been working in the field of personal development and business coaching for with women for quite some time and using astrology by helping them understand how to leverage the rhythms of their life. So they didn't burn out, understand different periods and seasons that they were going to go through as predicated or predicted in their astrological chart or just cycles that they could lean into. Mm -hmm. And it was a phenomenal body of work that emerged. Uh, It started off called The Rhythm of Success, Live Your Mm -hmm. Rhythm, which was about helping um, female identifying folks uh, leverage the cyclical patterns of their life driven by the three key biological rhythms, our um, infradian rhythms, ultradian rhythms, and circadian rhythms, or we could say it another way, like our daily rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, when we wake, when we sleep, which is so intertwined with the Earth's rotation on its axis and the 24-hour cycle, which is an astrological um, corollary that we study a lot in astrology. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, infradian rhythms are longer rhythms. So that could be the, the circa monthly, the circa lunar rhythm, which women have through their menstrual cycle and or the cycle of the moon. Yeah. And then or um, and then also seasonal rhythms, which is the yearly rhythm. And then ultradian rhythms are rhythms that are less than 24 hours. So that's our daily rhythm, which in astrology also has a corollary. So anyway, I'm a basically to answer your question, this is a long way <laughs> to say. I'm an author. I, I write a column for Well and Good. I have a book coming out. I'm a blogger. Um, I'm a business coach, success coach, but I but my expertise is a blend of positive psychology, integrative wellness, and then like brass tax business. Okay. So in business, using astrology in business coaching, do people come to you, give you their sign and then say they want to launch a business and you're like, oh, probably not the right time according to your chart, chart yeah. patterns, upcoming patterns that are coming up for you? Yeah, sometimes. You know, I don't, um, you know, astrology is really like when we get down to it, a very sophisticated art and it has mm-hmm. a lot of rules, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And like, um, 
most people think of astrology as a, uh, you know, what you see in Cosmo magazine when you read your yeah. horoscope or the horoscopes. That's what people yeah. think astrology is. Astrology is actually this incredibly complicated, nuanced, extremely ancient, extremely detailed scientific tool that has so much research around it. And so there's a lot of rules in astrology around like, do this then or not do this here. And when we're talking about electional astrology, which is what you're bringing up, like, is it a good time to launch a business now? Mm-hmm. When would you launch a business? It, from a strict astrological perspective, there are times when like, that's probably not, you know, not going to really bear the result you want. So I don't advise doing it. Mm-hmm. But I say this all to say in this modern age, um, especially very smart women, no one likes to be told what to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's yes. true. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to think of astrology as like, here's the weather forecast, right? Like it's going to rain. There's going to be hail. You might want an umbrella. It doesn't mean you can't travel. Yeah. It just means like this, this is what the flight pattern is going to be if you go at this time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the, the client can make some decisions around what they want to do. The long and the short of it is I basically try to never tell anyone what to do because mm-hmm. it's their life. It's their chart. It's their passion. It's no one knows you better than you know you. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to first, before anything else, trust yourself, your intuition, your guidance, your spiritual capacities to make your own decisions, your inner sovereignty. And so my job is to hold up a mirror and a reflector and say like, this is what's going on. Does this feel true for you? How do you want to relate to this? What can you bring to the table knowing that this is what's happening? And then we get some of my clients, we get really into the nitty gritty and we're like, okay, we're going to launch this then. And like send the email now and like, don't do that then. And like, this is the day to close the deal, you know, like just straight up business. Um, But that's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, before we go into star signs, moon signs, all that, I was reading your EDM yesterday. So I probably got it Monday morning, Australian time. And one sentence in it said, was talking about the year 2020. And you said, dare I say it, it was written in the stars. Why was it so intense? Tell us a little bit about 2020. (laughs) Oh my, oh my God. We still want to talk about this year. I thought we wanted to We just have to like get it done and then it's done. Yeah. Are we nearly done? No, no, no. But the truth is astrologers are going to be talking about, well, everyone's going to be talking about 2020. Yeah, 100%. Astrologers specifically are going to be talking about astro- um, twenty the astrology of 2020 for a very yeah. long time because they already have. P- astrologers had been talking about 2020 for years in advance and yeah. they'll be talking about 2020 for basically the rest of astrology. Yeah. Because 2020 was this game-changing year where there were just a number of really paradigm-shifting transits all happening in this very short period of time, which were really, really intense. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I attend like a lot of lectures and workshops and go to conferences and these sorts of things. And like, no one was like, there's going to be an airborne infectious illness that's yeah. going to shut down the world. Yeah. And it's going to begin in Wuhan. And then slowly it's going to ripple effect everywhere. And Americans are not going to be able to do things. And no one's going to have weddings and we're not going to go on vacation. So just like, you know, cash in all your yeah. stocks now because it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. No, literally no one said that, right? And I didn't even think like, I don't know, pandemic shutting down the world. Even when the pandemic really hit in March, I knew it was going to explode. Looking at like just the timing and a lot of people did, you know, and beyond astrologers, but astrologers specifically, like I I didn't even know what to say on social media for a few weeks. So I'm like, I'm just going to sound like Debbie Downer, you know, like if I'm like, 
this is going to be awful because our government wasn't, it was like, it's going to pass or it's this, you know, wash your hands sort of situation. Um, Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that 2020 is a year where we are in major transitions between worlds. We're between a long standing history that's been about capitalism and materialism and money and getting things done in a certain way. And we're transitioning into a new period that's governed by uh, a different element. And that's not the only thing that happened throughout the year. There were three great conjunctions and there's a grand mutation. It's a lot of high level astrological lingo. I'll just get to the point. We're moving (laughs) to an era that is much more creative. Well, okay. Much more uh, about consciousness and community and collaboration and collective health. And we had like the level field needed to get, well, the playing field needed to get leveled in some way, shape or form. And so a lot of what happened this year was an interesting earth experience of how these transits could have played out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, you're saying um, this whole pandemic in 2020 is going to make us better humans and all that kind of stuff? Well, for sure. But the, the bottom line is, is that as humans, we always choose, right? So we have, yeah, the op- yeah. we have the opportunity to step into a much more collaborative, creative, mm-hmm. anti-oppressive way of being in the world that is, uh, you know, more generous in some ways and yet more um, elaborate in others. Will we Probably, but what do we need to go through to get there? A lot, a lot more. You know, like we're not out of it. And um, there's a there's a huge hangover after this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2021, that's pretty intense. And, uh, you know, the earth is just in peril. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In such peril. So we have some really big, big things ahead of us. But if we take a step back and we just look at the big picture – it's going to be a couple of years, but there's definitely a major renaissance Yep, on the other yeah. side of this. I love a good rebirth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, do, exactly. I do have a question. Um, apparently, with astrology, there's a real energy around the year that you're born. Mm-hmm. And we've had a few friends have kids this year, and I'm like, oh, I wonder when they grow up what energy they will carry from yeah, 2020. 2020 baby. Oh, right. Yeah. So in astrology, it's an as above, so below. And the Mm -hmm. moment that you're born, you embody that for the rest Mm -hmm. of your life. And that's the essence of your natal chart. So that's your cosmic curriculum. So 2020 born babies, you know, they're really special. These are people who are coming in uh, to usher in. It'd be interesting to look at what their relationship is with their parents as they get older. Like, yeah. do they push back against the parents? Do they challenge the parents? Like, I, I have those, those sorts of questions when I yeah. think about it. But these are these are people that came in on a very potent ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're not pushovers. Yeah. They have huge agendas this life. And what was going on this year was we had Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto all in Capricorn. So they have this stellium in Capricorn. And depending on where they were born at what time, of the year, they may have had Mars in a square to it. They may have had Mars in a conjunction to it. You know, Eris and Pluto were in the square mm-hmm. all year. So it's a really intense birth chart, but it's highly capable. It's yeah. a highly capable time. Interesting. So how important is it to time your life of the phases of the moon? Do you think it's really important? 
girl, we're jumping right <laughs> to my favorite jam. Okay, um, let's go. Hit us because I like, I'm so intrigued. What, like, can I just ask, what do you mean by that? Well, like, so like decisions in your life and stuff by like phases of the moon and like all that kind of stuff, like your life. Because there's a real yin and yang energy with moons and cycles, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking to two Cancerian women. Yeah. For those who don't know, they both double cancer, cancer sun, cancer moon. One's Pisces rising, one's Aries yeah. rising. Crazy. Uh, so they have uh, this interesting double cancer blend, which for you, you were born on a new moon in cancer. So mm-hmm. the the moon rules you. It rules your sun. Mm-hmm. It rules your it rules your your lunar energy and your solar energy. So for you, it's, it's actually more important. Here's what I want to say around how to work with the moon's phases and how to work with cycles in general. Okay. Find your rhythm, find your rhythm, you know, find your body's rhythm, find your menstrual rhythm. If you were, you know, born in a body in a gender assigned female with it, whatever, I'm, I'm getting it, all my words <laughs> If you were born and assigned the gender female at birth, that, therefore you likely menstruate. And so at any point in your life, you just want to understand how the menstrual rhythm's impacting you, like your um, lute or I'm sorry. So the menstrual cycle and the moon cycle mirror one another. They are the exact same energetic patterns. So oh. the body has the moon inside of it. Basically, when you have your period, you're at the very beginning of your period at that crux between, is it going to come? Yeah. Ah, I'm waiting, like that awkward feeling. That, that's essentially the new moon, the dark, ah, the dark moon. Well, that makes sense. Like yes. moody, PMS, emotional. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then your body, if um, obviously it's not pregnant if you get your period. So then it begins the follicular phase, which is a waxing phase. Okay. Yep. Which is where your hormones begin to ramp up. Why? Because the body's like, oh, you didn't get pregnant last cycle. Let's get you pregnant this cycle. Oh. So the, the body is like, okay, here comes your estrogen. And we've, yep. it, it has to do all these things to replenish the uterine lining and, and prepare for another ovulation. But really from a, a biological level, it's gearing you up to be competitive to get the mate. So it's a more so, go, go, go kind of energy. That's the yang to the yin, yep. right? Yep. So you're in this waxing phase in your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the moon, or I'm sorry, then you would have the ovulatory phase, which would be similar to, say, the full moon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is this bright light at night that may keep you up and give you more energy and all the things. Well, when you're ovulating, you have way more hormonal support to be ambitious, go-getting, more extroverted, more linguistic mm-hmm. in your capacity to communicate what you need, need, ask for what you want, go for the gold, right? Yeah. And then if there's no pregnancy, you go through the luteal, um, yeah, the luteal phase where you begin to wane, your hormones begin to wane. And that's just like the waning cycle of the moon where you release and let go. Okay. Now I say all this because the energetic patterns are exactly the same. The new moon, waxing moon, full moon, luteal phase is like the new moon is the period. The waxing phase is the follicular phase. That's the two weeks between period beginning and ovulation. Ovulation is full moon. And then the waning period is the luteal phase where you're between ovulation and your next period. So if that's happening in your body... Pay attention to that first. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Cycle with your own hormonal rhythms 
and then begin to understand how that's dancing with the moon's rhythms. So many women come to me and they're like, I want to sync my menstrual cycle with the moon cycle. How do I do it? And they're like, I want to bleed on the new moon, ovulate on the full moon. And I just want to be like in sync, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, they think that this is like the ultimate intersection of power of which when they accomplish it, they'll finally have all their shit together. They won't feel so crazy. They'll be able to do all the things (laughs) they want to do in life. And they'll have like the priestess power from within that's going to make them like their super selves. (laughs) So it's not always what it's cracked out to be, right? Because the female menstrual cycle isn't, it changes. Mm -hmm. You may have one cycle that's this long, or you may have one cycle that's this long. And really a healthy cycle is anywhere between, I'm going to get the data wrong. I think it's, if I correct myself, it's anywhere between 21 to 35 days. I have the, the actual dates the actual data in my book. I could pick it up and look at it, but it's not the same. Like a moon is always going to be synodic cycle, new moon to new moon, 29 and a half days, never late, never early, never change. Consistent. Mm -hmm. The female body, not always consistent. And oftentimes the, the menstrual cycle is healthy. It's a healthy menstrual cycle. It's just longer than the lunar cycle, or it's just shorter than the lunar cycle. Or you just are like clockwork, but you bleed when the moon is waning or before it's new, or you bleed when the moon is full and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I I just see like a lot of women like go down the path of perfection and it's like this other thing they're going to accomplish of which becomes this sort of obsession Mm -hmm. and then they do damage to their body Yeah. because to sync your cycle with the moon, you have to expose yourself to light and certain points of your points of your cycle. And you can throw off your hole at night. You sleep with like bright lights on, huh. um, to simulate the full moon yeah. to really ovulation. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and that can have contraindications on your cycle. If you have a healthy cycle, preserve your cycle. Yeah. And yeah. then layer in the moon, but new moons, no matter what are always a great time to plant intentions and seed new beginnings, yes. no matter what phase you're in with your period. Mm-hmm. honor the new moons because they're very potent, powerful times for manifestation. Whereas full moons are like culminations. What's coming through? What do you need to change? What do you need to shift? And when you start to understand the basic energetic patterns of new and full moons and the whole lunar cycle, it begins to make a lot of sense. And I teach, I run a program called moon school, which is had many iterations. Actually, this year we were supposed to go to Italy, but obviously we didn't. (laughs) But, you know, so I've done it for three months. I've done it for six months. I've done it for longer and shorter periods of time. But one thing that's really interesting is that women at the end of the cycle tend to have their cycles synced to each other and the moon. Yeah. But it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It was just this thing that happened. happened. Yeah. Because, but we didn't focus on it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I think it's just like be gentle. Yeah. yeah. When you when you approach these things. Yeah. So you just spoke about new moons and stuff like that. Do you personally, what are your rituals on a new moon? Do you obviously you said manifesting, but what else is do you do? I find this so intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I'm a ripe old age of almost 42, and I began working with lunar phases when I was 21. Okay. Like religiously. Yeah. And um I had cancer at a young age. I lost my menstrual cycle. And so working with the moon's phases was how I replaced my experience of the menstrual cycle. And it helped me heal from depression and anxiety and cancer and like get my shit together and like 
figure out how to live as a human. So they've been really sacred practices for me for a very long time. That said, my practices have shifted. You know, there was once a time where every single new moon, I'd call in the directions and have this whole pagan ceremony, you know, and I did it with the, the waxing moon and the full moon and the waning moon. And it was like this, like, took like the whole week to prepare the ritual yeah. and I prepared the next ritual. You know, it was like, it was a devotion. Exhausting. Yeah. yeah. I would go search for like the right candles and I would, and then the waxing moon, like carve the candles a certain way and do the chants and oh wow, leave, leave like all sorts of like goodies out for like the spirit fairies. I was, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, I actually, I'm not going to make late cause I actually really believe yeah. in it. These are yeah. sacred practices. I don't do that anymore. I kind of, as religiously, I will at times. Mm-hmm. My practice has become what it needs to be. So I yeah. will always write out my intentions. I will always presence myself to the power and the awesome opportunity of this new moon. I will always look at it now. Ash, I have a much more sophisticated ability to work with astrology. I did not know astrology 20 some odd years ago. Now I do. So I look at it through where is it in my chart? What's it aspecting in my chart? What's becoming possible this lunation? I also work with other really sort of interesting dynamics in my own chart, like lunar returns or my progressed moon. You know, there's, I I work with a lot of lunar tools, but each new moon, no matter what, I look at this new moon, I look at how it's aspecting my own individual natal chart. I draw conclusions about what this new moon is for me. And I get focused on what I can accomplish this cycle based on how this new moon is impacting me. I reset my self care. So I'll take a bath. I will do some sort of ritual or some sort of workout if, if, that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time it is. And uh, I'll live and let live. Sometimes I start really long practices. Like when when lockdown happened, I think I did like a 90-day ritual to Shiva, which oh, wow. was really Amazing. intense. Yeah. And I didn't miss a day and I was really intense about it. And it was so cathartic and like honestly life-changing. Yeah. And then like if I – tried so hard to get back on that train right now, it doesn't energetically feel right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, they think like there's a season for these yeah, things. I feel so that. For your listeners who are like, Oh, maybe I want to try a moon ritual. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I have them in my book, so that's coming out and it's going to be in Australia. And it comes so, out in February in Australia. I yep. think I had a look, I think it comes out in January for in you. America. And then February here, I think I might have um, that's that. a bummer. February. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I looked up online and one of the websites said pre-order delivery February. But we can buy it okay. from um, the States and it will come. It's fine. But yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. So there there are rituals to get you started in that yeah. book. Um, and, you know, like that book is basically a breakdown of everything I've learned in 20 some odd years put through the lens of what you need to know to get going with your practice in the here okay. and now. So I do is so beyond just being a, like a, I'm selling a book. So, you know what I mean? Sort of message. It's actually like legitimately a Bible for this yeah, sort yeah. of thing. I, think that's like, cool. I, I put think that's a lot cool. of energy into it. Yeah. I think that's cool. Cause a lot of people that I speak to are like, I don't know what to do on a new moon. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And I think when do I, I recharge my cat? Yeah. Crystals, when I recharge my, like, what do I do? And I'm always like, pretty sure you just have to set your intentions and yeah. stuff. So if anyone is listening, I think hundred percent jump onto that. If it, you know, it's going to help them definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Set your intentions. So let's just talk about the, uh, the opportunities a new moon opens is yeah. it opens most, some new moons are about closure depending on the degree they happen uh-huh. at and the sign they're happening at. Sometimes they're bringing things to an end. 
generally speaking, they're opening a door to a new beginning. Mm -hmm. And so things like just getting your head clear and knowing what you want to do that month um, is just a great place to start. If, and, and then I also say here in the States, which I don't know if it's the same in Australia, but here in the States, there's a lot, there's a big issue with cultural appropriation mm-hmm. and having taken um, aspects of rituals from the indigenous people and then rebranded them through like new age, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a huge problem. So, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of having done that. Like I burned all the sage or sage on my website right now. It's all like cultural appropriation. and I need to take that down. But what I've come to learn through teaching this for as long as I have and, and really working with people, the most important thing to do is think about your own spiritual practices. Okay. Your heritage, what's innate to you. Mm-hmm. And then think about what you can do to make these moon passages, so new moon to full moon, full moon to new moon, reflective of your own spiritual knowing, ancestry, the things you already know to do, rather than thinking that if I, you know, do this spell as prescribed, this is what I'm going to get what I want. This is how I'm going to get what I want. I've got to do it their way, right? It's a both and. Mm -hmm. I love spells and sometimes I do them to the T, you know, and, and then I like to see what did I get out of this? And, and spellcraft is beautiful. Like I'm all about it. Um, and we also need to be able to create our own rituals and harness the knowing from within on how we want to be in relationship with spirituality and not just expect other people's recipes and formulas to get us there. Yeah. I think the most um, significant next, next astrological event is a full solar eclipse, isn't it? In December, is that happening? It's a total solar eclipse. Yeah. Yes. So what does that mean? Cause I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have the new moon, we have the full moon, right? We yeah. just went over what that means. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. And then eclipses are new and full moons. So oh, okay. this is a new moon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That happens very close to the mo- moon's nodes. So it's a new moon that's happening on the south node or within proximity of the south node. It's a total solar eclipse, so within close proximity. And, um, yeah, eclipses happen twice a year, always in pairs. There's always a new solar and lunar. At the same time, there may be an additional eclipse as well, depending on the the orbs to the nodes, Uh, the, the orbs of the new or full moon to the nodes, the moon's nodes. And I can explain what the nodes are because it's kind of a little bit confusing, but basically these are eclipses that, or these are new and full moons that happen on points where there's an ultra alignment between sun, moon, and earth. Mm -hmm. And then there's a shadow cast. So normal full moons happen, um, in like higher than earth or low, you know, like there's like, it's not in direct alignment. Yeah. So when it's in direct alignment, there's a shadow. That means it's uh, just a more potent version of a new and full moon. Mm. Okay, interesting. So extra magic happening, huh? Yeah. Well, not always. Eclipses yeah. are are sometimes they bring things up from the shadows. Yeah. And they can be really energetically draining, and then there's abrupt change happening all at once. It can be very intense. Okay. So mm-hmm. not always the best. You just, it's a good time to take extra good care of yourself, slow down, don't overexpose yourself, don't overcommit yourself, um, and really be a student of what's happening because yeah. 
it happens fast during eclipses. If something big happens, it's fast. I want to go back to um, when you were talking about our star signs and then sun, is it yeah, sun, get, moon, rising? Let's get to the juicy yeah. star sign stuff. Yeah, I want to know, I've I've got the CoStar app and I've worked out my sun, moon, rising, but can you just give us um, a description of what the sun is to your personality, the moon and the rising? Totally. Yeah, so, I would love to know. <laughs> so coming back to this idea of like we all learned about astrology through like the back of a magazine and it was just yes. like our star yes. sign. That is like a pinky of what yeah. astrology is. Yeah. So your sun sign is basically the season you were born in. You were both born in cancer season, which for you is your winter, our summer. It's cardinal water. It comes after solstice. So for you, it's your winter solstice, us, our summer solstice. But when the sun moves to zero degrees of cancer, it's solstice. Mm -hmm. And so you were born right after solstice, and that's the sign of cancer. So your sun sign represents your your vitality, like who you innately are. Um, but it's just one piece of who you are. So the yeah. moon is where was the moon in relationship to the sun and in the sign at the time you were born. And the moon is your emotional needs. It's your inner needs. So you, that's why I was like, wow, you both are double cancer because your, your sun and your moon are aligned. So your, 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 your way of, I don't, it's hard to say because it's like your innate vitality, what you're innately here to do and be also matches your emotional needs. Mm -hmm. So it's a deep potency where what you see is what you get. Like I'm a Gemini, as we were talking about, one of you had dated a Gemini, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) Gemini is the opposite. It's like duality, Mm. not necessarily alignment. So I could see someone who's sun and moon cancer, you're just like safety, security, you know, deep emotional connection. Like a Gemini is like, oh, I'm, I'm here today, I'm gone tomorrow, or I love this now and I'm not going to do that then, or I said I was going to do that, but do we really play by the rules anyway? Like, I changed my mind already. Why would we still do that? Like, yeah. you know, and, and it's just, it's a duality, whereas yeah. that's not what cancer is and that's not what cancer, sun, and moon is. So the long and the short of it is the sun is our daytime energy, the moon is our internal nighttime energy. Oh. The moon is what we need on an inner level. The sun is what how we do life day to day. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for some people, their their moon sign could actually be a lot more intense, and not intense, but reflective of who they are as a person. Oh, for sure. In my book, I wrote the moon sign chapter before the sun sign chapter. Oh, oh really? wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we used to way back in the day prior to patriarchy becoming what it was, like the moon was central, you know, yeah. like now we live in like a solar, solar yeah. paradigm, but it's like very masculine. So I do think the moon sign is really important. It's it's what you need on an emotional level. It's it's how you it's how you emote. It's how you create. I think our emotional health is just as important to our overall well-being as anything else. Knowing how we feel, knowing how to take care of ourselves, knowing how to nurture ourselves, that's all moon. Yeah. Our relationship to our mom, our matrilineal sides, like this is all really critical stuff to our development and that's all seen through the lens of the moon. So I think your moon sign, moon signs change every two and a half days. So they're fast moving and uh, the sun changes signs every month. You know, you know what I mean? Sometimes we'll have, well, always we'll, we'll have the, the sun changing at the end of the month, like the 21st or 20th or 22nd, depending on the month we're in um, or the sign we're in. But like, it's basically this 
really succinct cycle where the sun is in a sign for a, a very fixed period of time where the moon is very moves a lot quicker. So um, knowing your moon sign is a little bit more nuanced. You have to know the, the basically the day and time because if the moon changed signs that day, yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I was just born on the 27th. And it's like, but the moon changed. The moon went from Virgo to Libra at like three in the morning. You know what I mean? Well, were you born before three? Were you born after three? Like, Because yeah. that makes a whole hell of a difference. Yeah. We also want to know your birth time because every two hours, the constellation on the Eastern horizon or the sign on the Eastern horizon shifts. And that changes your rising sign. So your rising sign changes, a rising sign on earth changes degrees every four minutes. So every four minutes, there's a different degree of a rising sign, or maybe even a different rising sign every two hours that that shifts. So your rising sign is, yes. Oh yeah. Your rising sign is calculated, um, by where you were Uh when you were born. It's like, uh, the, where you were when you were born. And, um, at the time, the time and place of birth. And your rising sign is the first house cusp in your chart. And it's how you individuate. It's how you then like, oh, so I'm a, for me, for example, I'm a Gemini sun with a Virgo moon, but I individuate through the sign of Libra, which is balance, harmony. So my son is like Gemini, very mental, lots of energy, wants to connect, make lots of things make sense. My moon is Virgo. It's like detail, but get the details Mm -hmm. right. And they're kind of in a war because they're in a square with one another. And, and then my rising signs, but let's do this in a balanced, judicious way through the lens of Libra. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think our rising sign, there's so many things we could talk about with a rising sign because it's sometimes our appearance. It's, it's how we show up in the world. I think of it as what are we rising to? Who are we becoming? Oh, yeah. And, um, and then some people will say it's like the mask you wear to the world. I don't really think that that's true. The mask you wear to the world. I think it's your awesome. It's like who you're becoming. It's like your character. If people do know their sun, moon and rising, like with us being Cancerians, people are often like, oh, you're like empathetic and all that kind of thing. It's like a stigma. Yeah, there is a stigma, but how can they interpret it to be like their healthiest version of their their astrological sign. Just look at the for, best bits. For which, for their sun, moon, or rising? Yeah, was like a- for all of them. So how would they interpret it at all and move forward in the world and interact with people? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's self-knowledge, yeah. you know? It's like it's, you could really learn who you are, yeah. you know, and like animate. Choose, choose how you're going to show up in the world. Mm. Be your best self. Honor your signs. Yeah, understand your range, and then play, play, play to the best sides. Mm -hmm. Again, I go through all of this through all the signs in my book, where I talk about the challenges and what you can do, and like what you can acclimate, and how you can even get there. Right? Because like, how do you express this range? Yeah. Um, But it all begins with self knowledge. And it's to say, like, okay, as a Gemini, I'm just going to wrap myself out. Um, <laughs> you know, I had to really learn all the ways I really screwed my life up by being too Gemini. You know, like, commitments I didn't really want to keep. Things I just weren't, like, just things I didn't even need to put on my schedule. That was like, I'll do it all. And then I'm like, yeah. who's going to do it all? Did I say I was going to do it all? You know, like, just 
things like that. And so I had to learn to be a healthy Gemini. I had to deeply get grounded. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn to be very careful around what I was committing to. Because otherwise I was batshit cray. And I say that with love. <laughs> I say that with love. But yeah, yeah you, just, you just have to learn yourself, you know? Yeah. Like, and then take care of yourself. Yeah. I want to talk, Sarah and I are both single. So I wanted to ask this question. I don't know if you did too. But dating, how important is it to use astrology to like find the Com- one? Compatibility. Yeah, compa- yeah, compatibility. Is it important? All right, so we are opening a can of worms. <laughs> I, I've got some friends that are like, we'll meet someone, be like, you know, what star sign are you? And they'll say Virgo, for example, and they're like, ooh, okay, I'm not going there. And I'm like, oh, my God, why don't you just give him a chance? Like, mm. So I want to know how important is it? <sighs> I mean, I love that side. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's important for sure. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a bit um, erroneous. Okay. Because your chart is so much more nuanced than your sun sign. Yeah. Okay. And so making decisions based on, well, I'm, I'm a Pisces and, you know, they're a, a – a Virgo, you know, and so like we have this polarity and that's going to work really well is jumping to a huge conclusion mm-hmm. because you don't know. I mean, true composite and synastry astrology is like highly nuanced and you want to, you layer the charts, you look at things, you look at very abstract things, you look at very literal things, you look at all the planets, all the alignments. You And sometimes the best thing to do is to have the same moon sign as a partner or a very compatible moon sign because your moon sign is how you nourish and nurture yourself. Mm-hmm. It's your nighttime energy. Your partner is the person you come home to and oh, share yeah. a home with. Yeah. And so- it, almost the moon sign compatibility, I think, could be more important than the sun sign compatibility. But here's why this gets tricky. So you're dating. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> when were you born? What time were you born? When were you born? I need to know when you were born. I need to know, you know, like where you were born. Crazy. Bye. <laughs> and then I need to know how you relate to that yeah. sign. So I've noticed. You're a Sagittarius moon. Yeah. Do you just travel when you get upset? Like, what do you do with all your anger? You know what I mean? Like, and you always think you're right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and it's so, it's just like, it doesn't make for good dating. No. I don't know. No. I think it, it, it leads to jumping to a lot of conclusions and then sadly stereotyping. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. And that cancels out potential in yeah. a way that is, I just don't think in anyone's best interest Mm -hmm. you know and oftentimes we don't like Scorpios or we don't like Capricorns or we don't like Tauruses because we don't like those aspects of ourselves that we're then projecting onto the other person Mm. yeah and we have all signs in our chart and we also don't yeah our relationships our closest relationships particularly love relationships when they're right when you're with the right person are often the most intense interpersonal dynamics that you could, you know, relationships are catalytic in that they're your, that's your soulmate, that's your mirror, that's someone who's going to help you evolve. And so they're going to provoke you. Yeah. And that's part of the erotic tension is the polarity. 
yeah. mm-hmm. between people. And that that's the grist for the mill in a relationship. So if we're looking for the perfect match and we're doing it through the lens of astrology, we're taking a very emotional and physical process and we're making it highly intellectual. Mm-hmm. And whenever we do that, we give rise to our own internal biases, the projection of our own shadow, deep-seated control issues come out. And our intellects aren't even that smart. Like, unless you're like a really skilled astrologer or you're working with a really skilled astrologer and you have accurate birth charts where you can look at the inner dynamics, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just jumping to conclusions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Speaking of birth charts, do, is there anywhere you recommend to anyone who's listening that they can jump online and see the birth chart? Yeah, and figure out their birth chart? Yeah, so I recommend people to go to astro.com. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the most reputable sites for charts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free. You do give some information. And then that's also a great website to, like, Google. They have, like, a little search bar where they'll – it's, like, kind of, like – I'm, I'm a geeky astrologer. I love to like the science of it all. It's like kind of geeky astrology articles, but if you want like quality articles, you can look in there because okay. if you're just out in the land of like, I'm going to Google and I'm going to search and I'm going to look up and I'm going to read this article and they're going to tell me this and they're going to tell me that you have to understand that there are two, te- there are two worlds of astrology. Mm-hmm. One is like pop culture, bubblegum astrology, yep. yeah, right. Or, or well-meaning Mm-hmm. astrology, but also sort of for entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's entertainment astrology. And then there's this whole subculture of real astrology that is, whoa, talk mm-hmm. about like a Hogwarts experience. It's like so much information and it's so wild and it's precision and it's depth and the, the amount of attention that goes into it. But that's not entertainment astrology. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a lot more depth. It's not like so sugar-coated and things mm-hmm. like that. Well, it's a, it's a very complicated nuanced system. So when yeah. we begin and you're like, I can understand what you're saying so you relate to my work, right? That was something that yeah. you said. Yeah. yeah. It, it's actually really hard to, to write astrology in a way that's relatable. Yeah. yeah can imagine yeah that's why I'm actually excited to read your book <laughs> because of I like the way you speak and write so it's really hard I yeah. mean and like and I'm a very seasoned astrologer I've been doing this for a very long time but in the context of my peers I'm extremely young and and new you yeah. know and so I'm just forever in awe of of the the shoulders of which I stand upon, the, the shoulders of giants of which I stand upon in this yeah. field and just how amazing they are. So back to astro.com. So go to astro.com, use that website. It's founded by legit astrology folk. They're, they're just rip-roaring smart. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to get your chart read by someone, look to work with someone that you relate to on a personal level because you're going to have an intimate conversation with them. So you want to have a sense of relatability with them. And you also want to make sure that they are uh, mature enough in their practice that they're going to really see you, guide you and, and shepherd you in the ways because it's very vulnerable to get a reading. Yeah, It's one of the most vulnerable things you can do, but you can get a chart for free from numerous places. And like I said, astro.com is my favorite for free. Um, Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I was going to ask about 2021. That's exactly what I was oh, just okay, about to you ask. Go. You jump no, no, you no, go. go. You go. No, because it's funny. We think the same. That's why I was like, oh, my God, that's the same question. No, you go. I want to know if you know if there's a little synopsis for each of the star signs for 2021. Yeah. So I was thinking about this for you guys because I was like, well, I know that they're going to ask me this question. And how, how exact do I want to be and how broad do I want to be? So I'm going to tell you this. The cardinal signs are the signs that start seasons. So what are they? Aries. Uh, Cancer. Cancer, yeah. Libra. Cancer start winter? Or Gemini Car- start winter? For us? Yeah. Cancer. Know. It's solstice points. Solstice oh, and equinox Okay. So when, so when the sun goes into Aries, we have, e- we have March equinox. When yep. the sun goes into Cancer, we have June solstice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I the sun you. when the sun goes into Libra, we have um, uh, a September equinox. When the sun goes into Capricorn, we have December solstice. So no matter where you are, those are the solstice points. Mm-hmm. So the cardinal signs are the signs that initiate seasons. So cardinal signs. Okay. Yep. All four of them have big transitions this year. This year. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Yep. 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 So why? Because in 2020, remember we had that stellium, that three planet cluster in Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. Saturn and Aquarius, I mean, sorry, Saturn and Uranus move out of, uh, Saturn and Jupiter move into Aquarius. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long day. Oh, no, that's like I imagine. Like my tongue is twisted and I'm like in book launch land over here. But um, (laughs) Saturn and Uranus have been in Capricorn. They're moving... I said it again. Saturn and Jupiter have been in Capricorn and they're moving into Aquarius, right? And so they're leaving Capricorn. The fact that they're leaving a cardinal sign means that it's going to be an easier year for um, cancers because you've had had it. You've had it big time because you've had this real intense cluster of planets in opposition to your sun, which is Mm -hmm. really intense. Now, Pluto stays in your... Pluto stays opposite of your sun sign for about another four years. So Capricorn Cancer Axis isn't totally off the hook for another four years. But this year is definitely a major moment in your maturation. You get the gift. You move forward. And the same is true in in some ways of, um, of Libra and Aries as well because that Saturn-Pluto, con- Saturn-Pluto-Jupiter conjunction was in a square mm-hmm. to, to their sun. So it was a square and an opposition. So Capricorn still has got a lot of work to do and a lot of elevating ahead of it, but certainly Saturn moving out of your sign, Capricorn, you're going to get the gift. You're going to crystallize where you've been. You've got a little bit more work to do a few more years before you're totally reborn. And so if you're younger, you're like, oh God, it's been there my whole life. <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, not your whole life, but for a long time. So you've got this down, but there's going to be a gift that's coming based on the work you just did this year. Same is true of cancer. Um, if we then think about the mutable signs, um, I'm sorry, we'll go to the fixed signs next. So fixed signs come after cardinal signs. So we're talking about Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, mm-hmm. and Scorpio. That's a really interesting dynamic because this year um, Saturn and Uranus are going to square. So Saturn's in Aquarius, Uranus is in, in, Uranus is in Taurus, and they're going to come into this abrupt square. So that's tense. Okay. It's a tense time for um 
for the fixed signs. So this year for the fixed signs is about understanding what you're reaching out to and who you're becoming, and then looking at all the ways you hold yourself back. Oh, okay. This is particularly tense for the score. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Aquariuses and the Tauruses. Okay. But Leo and Scorpio are not off the hook <laughs> by any means. So it's like this, we're, we're entering 2021. I'm, I'm, affectionately referring to it as the battle between no longer and not yet, where, where there is this renaissance upon us, but we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be this epic like battle between like the old and the new or like where we're going in the future with like the stuck and the stale and trying to find the purpose in the in-between. So it can be very erotic. It can be very powerful because that's where creativity comes from through that tension. But the low road is it can feel like we're stuck between a war between no longer and not yet in the middle of a tug of war and like, don't know which way to go. Yeah. And I think our fixed signs will feel that the most. Okay. Um, Aquarius is going to have the benefit of Jupiter expanding them. And then Jupiter in an air sign, which is very positive for Libra. So Libra is going to get the benefits of that as will Gemini. So, uh, our air signs will do well. Um, but, uh, Aquarius, it's a mixed, it's not going to say it's a mixed bag. It's just an intense time where you're really going to figure out your shit. Hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about the, the mutable signs. The mutable signs are the signs that come before the season change. So they're the end. So um, mutable signs are Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, and Sag. And our mutable signs, well, first of all, Neptune has been in Pisces for a long time. So depending on how Neptune is impacting each sign. It can be a square or an opposition or a conjunction depending on when you were born and, and it gets very specific on dates. But essentially there's a spiritual awakening happening. There's a sense of really needing to connect to um, your inner purpose, your inner spirituality and what it is that you're here to do. It can be a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. It can be a little bit like I'm tired and exhausted and this has been a lot. And our mutable signs are the signs that are most accommodating. So they're the ones that are most flexible. And so in these very challenging times, they can have a little bit of like middle child syndrome. Oh, because they're the I ones that are like, yes, of course, I, I can do without. And then it's like, but I don't want to be the middle one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, there's a, there's a, a need to be seen and expressed. So our mutable signs, I'm going to say, take care of yourself. Make sure you you're have boundaries and you're getting your needs taken care of. Gemini, it's a good season for you because of the Jupiter trine and Saturn trine. Um, uh, Virgo, I, you know, Virgo's actually been in a really good position through all this because they've had that Saturn-Jupiter-Pluto conjunction in a trine to uh, – yeah to their signs. So it hasn't been all bad for Virgo. So I think Virgos can really like begin to even build upon where they've been even more. Um, Sagittarius, you, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting ride for Sagittarius's right now. I was just texting with my agent before I came on this call and she's a Sagittarius and we're talking about like what a strange birthday it is for her. And she's so grateful and has so much to be grateful for. So she's in a really good place, but I'm like just thinking about like how hard COVID is for Sagittarius is because 
this is the time of year where everyone parties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's their birthday and it's the holidays. And it's like, oh, but like nobody's partying. Like it's a sad time. COVID and quarantine for Sagittarius's. And then I was like, I think Sagittarius's have it the hardest personally. I feel like maybe the ones here don't because we've just come out of lockdown, but yeah. maybe the ones on your side of the world have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 But I mean, yeah, you guys are in. On yeah. the other side, but in our land, like Sagittarius yeah. is kind of like not getting their needs met at all. Yeah. Can't travel, can't, you know what I mean? Like Gemini, Gemini also has similar needs, you know, they're opposite, but Gemini has like an introverted side. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like Gemini has like that other side where they're like, oh, okay, just stay home and do my thing again, you know, or like a million Zoom calls, I'm good. Yeah. Um, Sagittarius really needs like exploration and doesn't want to be held back. So we've been in, in holding back times and hopefully that, that shifts. I don't think 2021 is nearly as aggressive as 2020. I do think that we're going to have flexibility. And as a matter of fact, I'm planning a trip to Australia. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You'll have to hit us up. Is that for your book or are you just coming on a holiday? A, a mix. So I'm going to, um, and I don't know if I'm going to do it in April or wait till, hey, what's the weather like where you guys are in April versus September? Oh, April's okay. April's still like mid-20s. Not. Yes. September's like coming into spring. September's probably like one of my favorite months. It's yeah. coming into spring, but it, in Melbourne, it can still be very wintry as a well. moody. Yeah. Melbourne's very similar to New York. It can be like really, nice really one hot. day and then the t- next day it's freezing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to ch- um, stick to Sydney like as a home base and then travel yes. from there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but in any event, thanks thanks for the intel because I'm like, I don't yeah. know if I want to go in the waning light, you know what I mean, from yeah. like winter to you guys like having earlier sunsets. Oh, I definitely. feel like April and September's. September's probably more. September's probably more fun. People are starting to come alive. It's starting to especially get green. in Sydney. September's mm. fun because it is, it is spring and Sydney's weather's a lot nicer yeah. than here. So I feel like September. Okay, yeah. So probably September. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to come for a month and probably be like late September, early October by the time I get there. Um, yeah. I'm going to come for a month and do some work stuff. And uh, see, I've never been to Australia. Oh, oh you'll wow. love it. I'll, we'll have to keep posted because if you do any events and stuff, we'll definitely come to Sydney. 100%. Yeah. So Sarah usually wraps up the podcast with a game and we're going to give you the game today. So yeah. Sarah, wrap it up. It's just <laughs> a way that I like to get to know someone because I love food so much. I think like you, I've got an Italian background like you. So I get, I'm like, oh, that's she what loves like. her food. Um, your ultimate meal, entree, main dessert, and Tal likes to throw in a cocktail if you drink. That's up to you. Um, what would yours be? Oh my god, my ultimate meal! Yes, yeah. ultimate, ultimate. Oh my god, wait, this is like I've got a really. It gets stressful. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I mean, there's comfort food, there's elegant food. I there's know. Like, there's so many directions this could go in. But I can think about some of my favorite meals. Um, I mean, I, for, I, I'm a seafood gal. Yeah. So my appetizer would probably be like great oysters on the half shell. Yum. Yeah. Like really delicious oysters on the half shell. With or, a squeeze of lemon? Um, I like a little horseradish. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, with a, a little bit of horseradish. And there's like some oysters are just better than others. So I'm talking yeah. about like ones Sydney's that are like. Sydney's got amazing oysters yeah. when you come to Sydney. Really good yeah. oysters. I love like like uh, ones that have like a nice sense of like almost like minerality mm-hmm. or there, there's a sense of like 
I don't know, liminess to them in, a, in an interesting way. I don't know if yeah. that's the right word. But um, okay, so I would do, yeah, I would do oysters on the half shell and then my, and a salad. Yeah. I love, I love an amazing salad. Um, and then for my entree, Oh God. I mean, my ultimate meal, this is just like, I know it's stressful really. Yeah. I mean, if I had, I'm just trying to think like I'm the food I really love to eat is fairly clean and basic. And when I say clean, I just mean like, um, a solid protein. I'm not a vegan. Um, I do eat meat that Mm -hmm. is like, well, so some sort of fish or, or me, um, mm-hmm. that's not very specific, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just kind of describing yeah, yeah, yeah. the meals I yeah. like, um, that have, a like a great green or side that's yeah. healthy. I mean, that tends to be what I favor. So I don't know, maybe like a really great piece of fish with an awesome braised green. Yum. That, that, that sounds pretty great. And then are we doing cocktails? Yes. yes. My, okay. my specialty. <laughs> so I love um, wine. I love really great white wines. Mm-hmm. Um, Goes dry well food. Yeah, like a dry white wine. Or, you know, I'm a classic gal. I like a, a um, martini, a vodka martini on the rocks with a twist. Yum. Yep. yep. And I also really like uh, well-made margaritas. Yeah, cool. that yeah. you've got me there <laughs> with the yeah. martini and the margarita. I'm like, yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I guess my dinner is more like a like getting drunk because now I can <laughs> no free entree. We can definitely take you out in Sydney yeah, then. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. No, no clear entree, but like a type of food, and then yeah, dessert yeah. is just like whatever you give me. I'm gluten free. I should say that. Okay. Well, so your, I mean, your ultimate meal is very like. I feel like that's very Australian, like yeah. seafood, seafood clean. Yeah. Yeah. That actually sounds bloody delicious. Thank you so much for jumping on. I know I've learned so much and I know I want to buy the book. 100%. Tal's already spoken about buying the book, but where can people buy the book? I know it's up for pre-order at your website, is it? And you can also get it off Amazon. Yeah. Cos- okay. com. You can find the pre-order there. And then, um, so the book is for sale at any of the retailers in the U.S., like Target, Amazon, yep. um, you know, Barnes and Nobles, et cetera, indies. I think supporting your indies are really important. Your independent yeah. bookstores. And then it is for sale in all major outlets as well in the U.K., New Zealand, Australia, any Spanish-speaking country to my knowledge. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then any any English speaking country. So if you live in a Spanish or English speaking country, essentially you can get the book. Okay, cool, perfect. And where can people follow you at Instagram? At Jen J E N N R A C I O P P I um, Jen Rasiopi, uh, and I party there every day. Yay! Yay we'll put it in the show notes as well, <laughs> so people can um, jump on. Yep. But thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you, and I hope you have a beautiful night's sleep. <laughs> It's daytime here, but um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. You guys are awesome. Thank Thank you. you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.